0: In today's episode, we explore one strategy to save time and tell your story.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way.
0: I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And you know, Sarah... One thing I love about living in rural areas is the cultural value on reusing things as many times as you can. I don't know. I mean, do you remember growing up and those coffee cans, those your coffee cans, I think they were, and we filled them with buttons and all sorts of things. There was those, you know, when you went through a t-shirt and it was a, a rag at that point, it became dust claws or my dad would use it to change out the oil in the car, like Everything was used multiple times. Did you have that experience? absolutely.
1: And there seems to be a a thread of that, of of how creative you get when you just can't go purchase what you need really easily. You know, I live quite a ways from town and the grocery stores where I live are not open late. And so I cannot tell you how many recipes have involved improvised, (laughs) you know, oh, what do you do if you don't have butter? You know, ways of thinking, okay, what do I have in my pantry that we could use? And I, yeah, I think there's definitely something about that sort of mindset of, well, what can we make do with what we're already, what we already have in our possession. And it saves
0: energy. It saves time. It saves so many things. And there's there's even this whole group of people, artists and others who go beyond just reusing things or repurposing things this whole upcycle movement, which is so cool. They're taking things and making them into amazing... I mean, I think about the soda can <laughs> earrings I have from <laughs> somebody in, in someplace in Africa made. And just this notion of repurposing things and making the the final product even nicer than the original product Absolutely. Was. And you
1: know, it feels like there's somewhere in here a, a nonprofit lesson in that whole reduce, reuse, recycle or... Even upcycle movement. And I guess I mean beyond using the backside of paper when you go to print. (laughs) Um, it's, It's like, what if we could think about reusing some of the things we already create in our nonprofit world to make our work and our communications easier?
0: I think it's a great idea and I I feel like we could probably come up with some examples. I mean, I feel like the easiest place to start is communications, okay. right? That we're always communicating. We're always sending newsletters or flyers for our events or whatever it is we're doing. And it, it so it feels like we should start with communications. And I I think the first thing I think about is if we were to talk with somebody. So say we talk with any member of our community, it could be a donor, a volunteer, Really, anyone that we're connecting with. And so we hear about how incredible our program was for them or something they learned or something like that. What do we do with that? I mean, that's just so, such a
1: rich area to start with. For sure. And I've implemented this sort of wish slash rule um, in my head that I'm going to only do something. I'm only going to invest the time in making that interview of the maybe volunteer who helped make something happen. If I can know ahead of time, I can use it three times. Can I, can I reuse it three ah. different times? So let's play that game, right? You've just interviewed the donor who made this amazing program happen for your nonprofit organization. How can we um, think of three ways to use it? Well, of course, the obvious one, which is probably where you started, is I want to write it up, that interview, into a newsletter story for our printed newsletter. That's great. There's one use. What else can we come up with?
0: I would use it maybe in a donor appeal where, and and it depends on the story, of course, but it it could be a story that says, and -and so-and-so has supported this program for this reason, or let me tell you about this program that so-and-so supported, like somehow tied into a donor appeal, particularly if I'm talking to a member of the community who has somehow benefited from the program, maybe. Totally. Yep. How else? What else? Well, and then
1: I kind of like thinking about it too in a multimedia way. Like maybe, maybe I should think ahead of time to to record the interview I do with that volunteer. And then I can easily clip out maybe a 20-second clip from that interview or a minute clip from that interview that's really amazing. And I could send that around to other volunteers, right? And say, Mm -hmm. Hey, just wanted to share, you know, celebrate the amazing work of Sarah. Look what she just did. It was so great. And here it is in her own words, why this matters. Thanks for what you do. You know, it could be a, a way to appreciate someone or thank them for the way they helped support a program by, by hearing someone in their own voice, talk about it. So sometimes you think about reusing it by just changing the medium around too.
0: That's a great idea. I I went to pictures, too. Absolutely. I mean, just taking a picture of the person. Absolutely. That would allow you to, you know, put it out on Instagram or whatever. I have to say, when you were talking about video, I was just imagining you and this donor doing some kind of TikTok dance <laughs> and putting it out there and you would reach a whole new audience. Really?
1: I mean, really, don't, don't yep. forget that that's an option. Exactly. Exactly. And so then when we if we go back to the newsletter stories, which we all are undoubtedly investing time and energy in creating a, a newsletter that covers a broad range of things about our mission and our movement, how could we use those stories three ways? I think first of all, you know, there is easy adaptation to a social media post, right? It's easy to take a long article, give the short quip often with a good photo, and then send them to the longer article, right? I like the idea of taking a bunch of
0: newsletter stories or kind of tie them together in such a way to make it your annual report. Because your newsletter, if you take, say you did a monthly newsletter, what if you printed out all 12 months, laid them out, and looked at okay what are the stories that really pop out what are the trends that i'm seeing you basically can turn your 12 months of newsletters into your annual report oh my gosh that
1: would be such a time saver <laughs> I, I love that i love that
0: know
1: and then here's a an old fashioned one but i am a huge fan of taking that newsletter especially if it's a written newsletter using a post it note or if it's a digital u- newsletter using the email where i share the link so either way what I'm thinking about is how do I personalize it, but use the, the base material, right? So if I know, Nancy, that you are a Passport member and you were a huge proponent of the knitting program for kittens at my nonprofit organization, and we finally got it up and running, and here's the newsletter story showing the great kittens knitting then I should put a Post-it note on that newsletter article and thank you, right? Nancy, wow, I'm, I'm sure you are so thrilled to see how this program has blossomed. Thank you for starting it. And I then put that Post-it note on that newsletter and pop it in the mail to you. You might have already gotten the newsletter, but it feels different when you get the newsletter with my note. And again, you can do that digitally too. But that person take the take the base thing and then personalize it and resend it out. It's a great way to catch someone's attention and to to say thank you or to invite someone in. Whatever it is you're trying to do um, for that person, those
0: are all great ways to upcycle your communications. Right, that you kind of give it an added value because you've personalized it. Incredible. So let's okay, we've talked about communications. Let's move on to say financials. And this is where, I mean, uh, come on, I print out my income statement or my whatever. How many times can I
1: slice and dice that? Ah, so many, <laughs> right? There's so, ah, well, there's so many interesting things. So first of all, let's take the base thing, which is like the monthly report. Maybe your treasurer looks at, or your um, finance committee looks at. They're the folks who want to, who really want to understand the trends. You print out that income and expense report and balance sheet, but maybe. One way you make it better for them is you put a little cover sheet and you actually write things in words because I have to say most people on boards, not all of them, but most people on the boards find themselves in a finance chair somewhat unexpectedly <laughs> um, and they really appreciate you analyzing or at least highlighting something for them. So you can take that basic report and first use is write a paragraph that just says, here's what I here's what I notice Memberships are up you know, tuition uh, is down, but the heat cost a lot this month. (laughs) Like whatever it is you want to point out, that's one way. And then I think you could look at that same document and think, okay, if I wanted to share a message with our board, Uh, If I can have three or four things I want them to know, how do I take that monthly financial statement with all its line items and all its numbers and all its percents to budgets and all those complicated things? How do I boil it down to three or four crisp bullet points that I purposely will share at a board meeting?
0: I'm starting to get a sense of how we can do this in the sense that you're taking the same information and you're scaling up and down based on the level of detail you're providing. 100%, right? Right?
1: And like the third level is like really high level. Okay, if there's one thing I want the people reading our newsletter to know, you know, can I put a little Mm -hmm. sidebar box? That's the question everyone asks a nonprofit is how are you doing, right? They wanna know how you're Mm -hmm. doing financially. So how can you take that monthly report and maybe have analyzed the trends over time and write that into one crisp bullet point on how are we doing? You you really can't answer that question if you don't run that report and understand those details, but no mm-hmm. one wants to see your income and expense in the newsletter.
0: So you're taking one financial report and creating a, a version of it, so to speak, for three different audiences. Exactly. So let's switch gears. Let's leave money aside. Let's go to strategy. Mm, always good. And like, I'm thinking of a really simple strategy document. So not this like, you know, binder on the shelf and all of that. I'm really thinking like a one page, this is our strategy to make something happen. Or I mean, or maybe it is you're taking your huge binder of a st- strategic plan and you're, you're slicing and dicing it in different ways. So maybe we are taking this big strategic plan and slicing and dicing it different ways. But I do think like one way, like I hope that there's a one pager here that you can grab. And I see it as really being pulled into your staff meeting to guide the agenda, right? That if you're supposed to do X over the next six months, I would just pull that strategic plan or the cover page of it and bring it right into your staff meeting. Wouldn't
1: that be exciting for, I mean, it would be so cool for people to see this, the thing that they put energy into creating actually coming back and then seeing work Mm -hmm. happening on it because you can correlate it to your staff meeting. I love that. I also love having it tied into any board agenda items too. You know, the minute you're talking about something at a board meeting that's tied to something in your strategic plan, make that explicit um, because then people will be like, oh, that's right. We did, we did have that philosophical strategic conversation about it. And now I see us trying to, you know, resolve where that, where we're going with that as an organization. I think that strategy document can also be used as a a good way if you're writing a grant proposal. I mean, it is always more powerful to be able to say, you know, we know this project matters. Uh, It's been in our strategic plan for the last three years. Here's the project we've been making, you know, forward on it. It's huge for for people to know that you have a bigger vision and plan for how you're going to get there um, and that this aligns directly with that absolutely i mean i've taken a long strategic plan
0: and boiled it down to really by just getting rid of all the paragraphs and boiling it all down to a one piece of paper and i've used it with funders to basically this is why we do what we do yep this is this this is what we're aiming for we have five buckets of activity and this is what they are and it really is a synthesized version of that bigger strategic plan upscaling it i think because we're using it to make the case to a funder we're being very you know, multi-purpose and how we think about this document. Yep,
1: for sure. And then, I mean, it's also, of course, useful to upcycle sections of it for your board to guide their work. You know, if you have a subcommittee talking about, well, what are we really going to do in this programmatic area? You know, bringing those points out to guide their conversation. That's so powerful. Absolutely. And
0: I I think it's important, like, how does one upcycle? How does one recycle these parts? And I think, you know, to some degree, I already mentioned one of them is you're scaling the detail from from that 10,000 foot to right there deep in the grass where you can see the detail. But there's also the view of everything in its parts. So really thinking about a newsletter is a writing about something. It's a picture, it's a headline, it's a, you know, a link to something, viewing everything in its individual parts. um, I think that's really important. And the last piece that I think about is just taking what you do every day. So don't create more work for yourself. But as you said, like, if you're going to go do an interview or you're, you're already talking to a donor, be already thinking in advance, oh, maybe I want to record this as video or maybe I want to get a picture, you know, whatever it is, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't do this, so I, I feel, always feel bad giving this advice. But But what I'm picturing as we're talking is it would be really smart to just keep a running list of like, What are the parts I have? Like in the last 12, Mm -hmm. uh, I love your idea of like looking at your newsletters for the last 12 months and like, you know, how can I put those pieces together? It would be great to just keep a list of what are the kinds of, building blocks that we have. I have monthly financial reports. I have um, interviews with people. I have news stories. I have whatever. And just kind of to have that on your wall somewhere so that then when you mm-hmm. are about to do something like maybe hire a new staff person, you can pull on like, oh, I should remember in the interview to tell them about these stories that correlate to what they'll be doing here. It'll just come in in all sorts of useful ways if you can almost keep a, a visual of, of what are the building blocks you have.
0: You're making me think that if if for those people who are super organized and they have like a communications calendar, like they have the like, these are the things we're going to do, you know, every Thursday, we're going to social media post on this. And then you have the emerging stuff that comes up and then you respond to that. And if you documented that, that would be an incredible snapshot of your year. If you like looked back over 12 months, you could really see what your year was. That'd be amazing. Really, really cool. But there are we have listeners that are that organized, so we celebrate you. I I do think with this idea of upscale, I mean, our word of the week has to be upscale, right? And when I think about upscale, I have this one image in my head, and that is this lovely store in Faneuil Market in Boston. And I walked in and it was run by a nonprofit, of course. And so anything nonprofit, I'm immediately like, oh, this is so awesome. And I find these earrings and these earrings are so interesting. They're this modeled enamel and I'm <laughs> not really sure what it is. And so I ask and, and the man working at the, at the desk said that they're from a local art school. And that these kids are learning oil painting. And so, of course, that oil paint kind of congregates on the easel. And there's like layers and layers of paint. And what the teacher does is scrape it off, get into parts, put earring backings on them and sells it as jewelry.
1: That's amazing.
0: Isn't it amazing? And I bought maybe three or four pairs. I bought a pair for my mother-in-law. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing that this came from a, a kid's art school and it's it's basically trash. I mean, it, it's it's oil paint that you would throw away. And what when I was thinking about upscaling it, what you know? So what did that person see in that that oil paint that was dried onto the easel? Two things. They saw something that was worthy of being mm-hmm. used again. They're worthy because it was so beautiful the way the oil paint had mixed together. But then the teacher also had the creativity. To scrape it off and turn it into earrings. And so I just think about what do we have around us that is worthy, that is that has value, And then how do we tap into our creativity to mix and match it together to create something new?
1: Well, and the third piece that that teacher did so brilliantly, right was it was actually really efficient to use that. Mm. If, if that teacher had said, I want to create earrings and then said about, beading or, you know, molding clay, they would have spent time Creating something new and instead they, they saw something and something that already existed and said it can have another purpose. And that's what I really think about when I think about upcycling and nonprofits. It's, it, you're right. It has to be things that are worthy and there, and it does require some creativity, but it also adheres very closely to that principle of efficiency, which mm. is, you know, if you're a small nonprofit organization, you, you you probably don't have time to just create an annual report with all new stories. So how do you find the worthy bits and pieces, creatively put them together, and do something really efficient?
0: Absolutely. You know, within our nonprofits, we are producing a lot of materials for our various audiences. Each piece is unique to address a specific need. And yet each piece is part of a larger mosaic that can be reformulated in order to serve a different purpose. If we find ways to reuse materials, or maybe even upcycle it, we can set ourselves up to save time and effort. Who couldn't use to have some extra time to do something else? You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit NonprofitRadioShow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.